You are listening to Top Traders Unplugged, episode number 001, with Jason Gerlock, managing partner and CEO of Sunrise Capital Partners. Imagine spending an hour with the world's greatest traders. Imagine learning from their experiences, their successes, and their failures. Imagine no more. Welcome to Top Traders Unplugged, the place where you can learn from the best hedge fund managers in the world so you can take your manager due diligence or investment career to the next level. Before we begin today's conversation, remember to keep two things in mind. All the discussion we'll have about investment performance is about the past, and past performance does not guarantee or even infer anything about future performance. Also understand that there's a significant risk of financial loss with all investment strategies, and you need to request and understand the specific risks from the investment manager about their product before you make investment decisions. Here's your host, veteran hedge fund manager, Niels Kostrup Larsen. Welcome to another episode of Top Traders Unplugged. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I really do appreciate it. On today's show, I'm talking to Jason Gerlach, Managing Partner and CEO of Sunrise Capital Partners. Sunrise is one of the pioneers within the alternative investment area and one of the very few firms worldwide who has a successful track record spanning over more than 30 years. So it's a real treat to welcome Jason to the show today where he shares the experiences, the ups and the downs that Sunrise has collected over such a long period of time. For those of you who are new to the show, I just want to let you know that you can find all of the show notes, including a full transcript of today's episode on the toptradersunplugged.com website. Now let's get started with part one of my conversation. I hope you will enjoy it. So Jason, before we jump into some of the more specific topics and questions that we want to cover today, I just wanted to start by saying that uh, it's actually a great honor for me to have you on the podcast because I think in many ways Sunrise Capital Pan Partners is really one of the, the pioneers of the CTA industry and it sets such a great example for many, if not the most of the managers out there so to aspire to. So I'm really grateful for you taking the time today. Nils, that's very kind of you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to, to be on this podcast, and I, I think what you're doing is great. Uh, more information is better, I, I think, and the, the more we can tell the story of not just Sunrise, but our entire industry um, via these you know formats like these, I think it's, it's great for investors. Um, you know, Sunrise is indeed a pioneer. We started in this business technically in 1980, but actually my partner, Rick, who's our chief research officer, began building models and implementing systems in the early 1970s, believe it or not, when he was yeah. still an undergrad yeah. uh, in, at San Diego State. So we go way back pretty much to the big bang of this industry. And uh, we're still we're still going strong. We, we really think that uh, what we do works, that it adds tremendous value for investors, that it uh, complements all portfolios and you know, we've we've been very successful uh, doing this for a very long time, and we don't see any reason to stop. We're, it's, we're very passionate about it and look forward to managing assets for many years to come. 
Absolutely. And I think on that note, maybe um, it's probably a good idea to start to give a little bit of a background, maybe to yourself as well as the firm. And I know, of course, that some of the partners, as you just mentioned, have been around for a really long time. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's also maybe a good idea just to give a little bit of background to, to them um, before we jump into some of the more uh, program-oriented questions. Sure, of course. Yeah, our story is one of the more interesting ones in the alternative investment space for certain. Uh, as mentioned, kind of the flashpoint for our company was was Rick Slaughter, my my partner. Uh, he's our chief research officer and, you know, has been trading nonstop since the early 1970s, as I mentioned. He kind of caught the bug as an undergraduate at San Diego State University. Uh, we're, we're located in San Diego. He had some fantastic finance professors who really just got him excited about markets and about the possibilities uh, of technology. And he was, you know, punch card programming computers back in the 70s when very few people were were, were even thinking about bringing together computers and finance. And that's really where this all started. He started building models. Uh, he studied some artificial intelligence uh, at the graduate level. He studied uh, statistics, he studied finance, and brought all those things together and married them into what was one of the first CTA slash hedge funds ever launched, which was called Commodity Monitors in 1975-76 timeframe. Wow. So so he was really on the absolute ground floor of, of this industry. Now, com- completely coincidentally, a little bit north in San Diego County, there were two very smart um, doctors at the University of California, San Diego Medical School. They were radiologists. They were also teachers um, in radiology. And their names were Jack Forrest and Gary Davis. And the two of them uh, were quite friendly and, and, and working together in the medical field, but also when they were not working at the hospital were talking about markets because they were making a little money and they were looking to try and invest it in a smarter way. And as you you may have read or, or recall, depending on who's hearing this podcast, the late 70s were a challenging investment time. Stock markets were kind of stuck in, in neutral and going nowhere. We had stagflation. Um, you know, the, you know, uh, there was just not, there were not a lot of options, um, for investors. And so these guys started reading books on the commodity markets and and systematic trading and and different things you can do that maybe were a little bit out of the mainstream. And they started trading their own account while they were still practicing medicine. And both of them found success. And so by the late 70s, you had these three guys kind of tinkering with systematic trading in San Diego of all places. And they all launched their own their own firms. Uh, As mentioned, Rick Slaughter had CMI. Gary Davis launched a firm called Sunrise Commodities in 1980, and Jack Forrest launched a firm in the early 80s called Cresta Commodities. So, the, and these three pioneers um, kind of carried forward and, and managed, obviously, mostly their own money to start. They had some friends and family who supported them, but in the early 80s, this business started to get a little momentum, and some of the brokers at the um, Wirehouses. Yeah, the wirehouses who were servicing these firms, you know, started to see that these guys had some talent and knew what they were doing and started to introduce them to each other and started to think creatively about creating products that would funnel more assets into what these gentlemen were doing. And, you know, one thing led to another. And before you knew it, 
all their businesses started to get uh, to, you know, relatively sustainable sizes. Mm -hmm. And uh, they started to talk and, and, and share ideas. And by the early 90s, the, the three of them kind of thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if we all kind of combined our talents and formed a single firm? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they did. In 1995, Sunrise Capital Partners was formed. Mm -hmm. And the partners was a reference to these three pioneering gentlemen, all of whom, you know, started in the late 70s. So wow. truly, it, you know, three pioneers of this industry came together to, to form Sunrise Capital Partners. And from there, you know, the, the firm just continued to grow uh, in terms of assets. The intellectual property was pooled and they just continued to innovate and hone what they did. They went from a single model out to multiple models. They went from, uh, you know, just a few markets to more markets. They you know, started to incorporate some more sophisticated risk management techniques and doing all the things you needed to do to keep a business current and and evolving. And they and they actually, by the time they got to their peak asset level in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, were a very large firm, well over two billion dollars, yeah. um, and one of the you know largest CTAs in in the in the world. So, you know, my hats off to them. Uh, they were. Uh, they were just great, great visionaries and did a wonderful job with this firm. Uh, the modern story of Sunrise um, is an interesting one as well. Like most asset management firms that started in this era, the 70s and the 80s, they faced a succession planning issue. Uh, many, many hedge funds are staring at this issue right now. Yeah. What do you do when you've been wildly successful? You've raised a lot of money uh, and 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 made a lot of money on that money for your investors. You've been very successful, and you are thinking about the next phase of your life. What do you do with your hedge fund, your your CTA firm, your 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 creation? And there were differing views amongst those three gentlemen, and and they had to work some things out in the early two thousands and decide where they wanted to go. And ultimately, and thankfully. Um, they decided that they wanted the firm to carry forward. They didn't necessarily agree that they all wanted to be involved in the firm as it carried forward, but they did agree that the firm needed to kind of survive into the next generation. So they started to make some hires uh, of younger people who could carry it forward. And I was fortunate enough to be one of them. I joined the firm in 2008 as the then, I would say, chief operating officer, working closely with my predecessor, Marty Klitzner, who was the CEO of the firm at the time. Unfortunately, Marty passed away in the last couple of years um, uh, too early, sure. uh, sadly. But uh, it, Marty and I worked very closely together starting in 2008 on a succession plan for the firm. Um, and that succession plan was holistic and comprehensive, and it involved coming up with an orderly way for the partners who no longer wanted to be part of the firm to to kind of uh, phase out of the firm. It involved moving to a new headquarters. It involved uh, upgrading our technology. It involved uh, upgrading um, pretty much every aspect of the business. It involved bringing in some young talent to help us kind of carry forward. And that's really what I've kind of spent the last five years of my life doing is, is taking this firm and pivoting it, I guess, towards the 21st century and beyond. And it's been a lot of hard work and a lot of effort. And obviously, we've had a massive financial crisis in the midst of it, which has posed some interesting challenges that I'm sure we'll discuss. But um, the, the upshot is Sunrise 2.0 is here. Uh, a succession plan has been implemented. Um, myself um, and Rick Slaughter, who I mentioned, and Chris Stanton, who's our now our chief investment officer, who joined us uh, about three years ago, 
are the new owners of the firm. We're carrying the firm forward under uh, the Sunrise name um, with some new ideas, but mostly taking a lot of the great ideas and concepts that the founders uh, implemented back in back in the 80s. Uh, and we're carrying that forward with us. So that's 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 where we stand today. And it's a privilege to be the CEO and managing partner of Sunrise Capital Partners. And I hope 30 years from now, I have to uh, come up with a new succession plan for the firm. And isn't this, this is the great thing, Jason, really, that, you know, imagine you were based in, you know, on, on discretionary and fundamental analysis, you, you wouldn't be able to do what you've just done. I mean, this is also the strength of of our industry and what we do, you know, rule-based strategies, you know, can be carried forward for, for many decades, unlike, you know, most other strategies. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a, a very important point. And, you know, even to more to more of uh, the credit of the founders of Sunrise is it was never one person. It was never one person's models or one person's intellectual property. It was a collective effort. It was always the partners and the staff working collectively as a unit to create this kind of pool of intellectual property that has just continued to improve and expand and grow over time. And that's something that indeed can be passed on. Um, it, there's no single point of failure risk in our in our team. There never has been. And, and that's one of the reasons we can carry this forward. All the great ideas they had are, are baked into what we do and new and we've created a a a structure in which new ideas can can funnel in and and mesh with those older ideas and and carry forward so yeah that's absolutely right and i think that's one of the things that gives quantitative firms a leg up as we kind of move into this second generation era now and 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 as the 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 uh, the CEO or managing director of Sunrise, I'm I'm curious just before we jump to the next point, just just one or two minutes as to how you personally ended up in sort of uh, this quirky world of uh, systematic trading. My my path is not one that is easy easily replicated. I I was an attorney for ten years, and um, I got to know the the Sunrise firm uh, simply through happenstance. Um, you know, I had some personal relationships um, who introduced me to Sunrise and Sunrise's, um, uh, you know, I got to know the Sunrise team and I became an investor long before I joined the firm. And they actually reached out to me, uh, Marty Klitzner, who I mentioned, who was my predecessor, uh, reached out to me in the mid 2000s and suggested that I might be a good fit for the firm one day. And I kind of laughed. I said, why on earth would you want me? He said, well, you know, you're, you seem like a smart guy. You seem ambitious. You're a lawyer. You got a good head on your shoulders and, and you, you seem to pick up things very quickly. I said, yeah, but Marty, I'm not a finance guy. You know that. And he said, well, that's okay. I wasn't a finance guy either when, when we launched this business in 1980 and look where we are. And I said, ah, good point, Marty. So I, I took a very kind of circuitous route. I, I was a uh, an attorney, like I mentioned, and, and my specialty as an attorney was learning the facts of whatever case or situation was presented to me. A client would sit down with us and say, this is our situation, and I'd have to embed myself in that that client's business, whatever it was, insurance or um, technology, um, consumer products, whatever it was. And so this was just became another case for me. I joined Sunrise. I just started absorbing as much as I could from the, the very smart people who are running the firm. I took some classes at Wharton and Harvard and finance to kind of 
bring myself up to speed. I did a lot of uh, traveling to visit clients, and uh, I actually met with a lot of competitors to kind of pick their brains. I went to a lot of conferences, but ultimately brought myself up to speed on the business. And, you know, um, it's been a lot of hard work. And it was a steep learning curve, but you know, I'm there. You certainly wouldn't want me building trading models for you. That's why I have some great partners. But you know, I think I've become pretty adept at, at running, you know, the asset management business that we have, and creating an environment for the very smart people on my team to be the best they can be, to create the best models they can, and implement those models with uh, great precision. So. And of course, I've had the pleasure of listening to you on on other podcasts and uh, on 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 television. And uh, I certainly know that you also adapted the passion for uh, for the industry and for Sunrise. So it's uh, you know it's a great contribution to uh, to all of our industry from that point of view as well. So uh, uh, well, thank you. I do. I, I'm very passionate about it. I love it. And you know, per, a personal note is before I came to the systematic investing space. I, I didn't know a whole lot about investing, and the little bit I knew, I didn't like. I didn't understand it. I, I could never figure out, for example, why my father would watch, you know, Wall Street Week with Louis Rukeyser or whatever that show was called back in the day. Hear what those gentlemen would say, and then, you know, go and run out and maybe buy one of the stocks they recommended. It just it made no sense to me. I would I would sit there and say, how on earth does this gentleman on TV know what's going to happen in the future? It seems like a very um, circumstantial, happenstantial kind of way to, to, to invest. There has to be a better way. And only when I sat down and really got to understand quantitative, systematic investing, did it finally dawn on me, this is the way to do it. This is an, a much more intelligent, precise, scientific way of investing. So I was sold yeah. from day one. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, do you mind giving me just a brief overview of the programs you run today and, and sort of roughly where you stand on, on the uh, AUM? Sure, sure. So at, at present, we're running about $200 million uh, through Sunrise as an asset management firm. And we have currently two offerings for our investors, two programs. The first program is called Sunrise Evolution. And what Sunrise Evolution is, is the latest iteration of what we've been doing since 1980, and in fact, before 1980. And it is a, you know, multi-asset, long-short, um, you know, CTA, for lack of a better term, approach to investing. We invest in, uh, with, with Sunrise Evolution, we invest across six different sectors, metals, energies, agriculturals, uh, and all the financial markets, uh, stocks, bonds, and currencies. Long, short, using uh, a, a multitude of systematic approaches, ranging from trend following to reversion to what we like to call uh, a diversionary pattern uh, to uh, a beta capture model that we've built. A whole variety of models working together in harmony. So that's Sunrise Evolution. That is, um, you know, I would say the more traditional product we offer. Sure. The second offering we have is. Um, an equity-only offering, and that we started uh, trading the beginning of 2012, and so we're nearing our three-year track record on that and starting to actually generate a lot of interest in it and raise some money in it. And we actually just recently renamed it. It is now known as the um, Sunrise U.S. Equity Optimized Growth Program. And what it does is it takes some of the DNA from our Sunrise Evolution flagship and applies it just in the U.S. equity space. 
And, and, and this product was created really by demand of, of investors. We had a, a large investor who was really interested in seeing if we could apply some of our models to something they were doing internally with U.S. equities. And we were able to come up with something that we thought was so great that we decided to implement it as a, as a standalone program. So those are our ter- two current offerings. Do you offer sort of general access to your programs both via funds and managed accounts today? We do. Sunrise Evolution is accessible via our master feeder fund structure, which has an onshore component and an offshore component. Uh, the master feeder itself is, in, is, is a Cayman-based structure. The offshore fund is a Cayman-based structure. The onshore fund is, is a Delaware Delaware fund. Um, and we run about a third of our capital through that fund vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, the other third, uh, two-thirds, are separately managed accounts. Fantastic. <laughs> Of course, a lot of people listening to this will be uh, wanting us to get to the uh, more details. But before we do that, I was just because I think it's so important for for people to understand uh, what we do and and what our firms do. Um, also, to understand a little bit about how do you structure a firm like that? What's important? Which functions do you need to have? Which functions do you need to have in house? Which functions do you need to have outsourced? Do you mind just taking a couple of minutes and just explaining how you've resolve that uh, and and based on all of your experience yeah that's a great question and it's it's an, an evolve the answer to that is evolving and it's mm. changed a lot even in the last few years um, our view has been that we are very good at certain things and there are some things we're probably not as good at uh, we want to focus on the things we're best at our core competencies uh, to use kind of a more you know, corporate, corporatized term and the things that, you know, aren't in our core competency, we want to make sure we have experts doing that, even if it means those experts are outside the walls of our office. So what we really focus on doing in-house is the, the thing we've been doing for many years, which is building very good investment models, implementing those investment models with precision, overseeing and improving those investment models continually. Um, Everything else is secondary to that because that's really ultimately what people are hiring us to do. Take their money, put them in these models, and hopefully make them money on their money in a risk-responsible way. So, you know, obviously research and implementation are by far the core of our business. And the partnership is set up that way. So I'm the CEO. I oversee um, all aspects of our business. Chris... Stanton is our CIO. He oversees all aspect of the implementation of our investment models. In other words, the day-to-day execution, making sure what we've decided we want to do in the markets is actually happening on a day-in, day-out basis. He has a deep, extensive Wall Street trading background um, at J.P. Morgan and later at Deerhurst Capital. So he was—he's a perfect fit for that. And he's—if there—if if there's a better execution team in our business. Uh, I'd like to see them um, because Chris is outstanding and, and, and the people who work with him, Annette and Josh and others are, are fantastic. And then Rick Slaughter oversees the research function of what we do. He's our chief research officer. So he's the kind of uh, the, the engine behind um, all of the R&D we're doing. Uh, he maintains a queue of projects that we're, he and his team are continually looking at, uh, whether it's just a small, subtle market add to one of our models or it's the creation of a new system uh all of that's kind of 
uh, umbrella and under him. And then, of course, there's a lot of communication at the top of that structure. Chris and and Rick speak daily and work, you know, closely hand in hand uh, because obviously a, a good research idea is only as good as the implementation Absolutely. ability you have. Um, and I, of course, I'm in constant touch with both both of the two of them because I'm trying to give them the tools they need. You know, I want to find out what technology they need to do what we're doing. Who do we need to hire to make sure they can they can do the job they need to do? Uh, you know, what relationships do we need to build with uh, brokers or banks in order to achieve what we need to do? So. It's a very synergistic approach, but on the business side, outsourcing has become, uh, you know, an increasingly valuable tool for us. Uh, things like human resources, uh, we've decided to outsource, and it's been incredibly helpful. Um, we get some some very good outsourcing help in the compliance realm now. Uh, certainly, we have a great chief compliance officer on staff, Gary Hirschfeld, who's been with us a long time. But we're, he's complemented now by a team of compliance specialists out of San Francisco at, at Gordian, for example, who work with us, and obviously our great legal team. Um, so, you know, it's 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 um, to me the best asset management businesses are focusing on the asset management piece of what they're doing and. Um, perhaps using some outsourcing help in some of the other areas because it's very hard to be good at all the things you need to be good at to run a successful asset management firm. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I think, you know, that's just part of evolution and it's part of adapting to, uh, you know, new technology, etc. I mean, that's uh, that's the way to do it. And you've clearly done that. So, uh, well, yeah, uh, and technology is yeah. a catalyst for yeah. all this. The, the, the things we're able to do now um, with technology just didn't even exist five years ago, let alone 30 years ago when this firm launched. So it just is, it, it's really changed the game. I mean, audit, to, to, for example, to be able to implement, you know, complex strategies on an automated computer to computer basis is, is a game, True. game changer. We would need a room of 20 traders to do what we we're doing now 20 years ago. Yeah, no, that's true. And what about, I mean, this is a question which is very difficult to answer, I think, generally when it gets asked. But, I mean, do you have any sort of um, uh, target or optimal size for, for the strategies that you run today? Obviously, the equity strategy, I can imagine, is is pretty limitless. But, I mean, for this sort of traditional CTA structure, do you feel that there is an optimal uh, level that uh, that you want to uh, to get to? Absolutely. This is something we study constantly. Um, we think Sunrise Evolution has a cap and a very hard cap somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four billion dollars. Okay. And we will not grow that product beyond that. Uh, we've always capped our our um, our growth um, when the, the predecessor owners of Sunrise were at their peak assets. They reached that peak and, and hard closed the firm because they had concerns about their ability to implement our models in some of the markets we were trading at a size much larger than we were at. And and we share that view. We don't want to decay our alpha generating ability simply to raise as much money as we can. So our evolution is a is a um, a cap proposition, no doubt. Now obviously at two hundred million we have plenty of room to grow in it, but sure. I would think around three billion we will take a long hard look at our execution and see. Are we are we starting to see more slippage? Are we finding it harder and harder to get in and out of trades in certain markets? And if that's the case, we will cap it. Now, as you mentioned, we, our equity product, I, we think the ceiling's much higher on that. I don't know where that is, honestly, sure, but it no. it is certainly in the billions. That that program simply trades deep ETF markets right now, and those markets only seem to be growing. So you know, 
it would be a nice problem to have to 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 get to the 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 ceiling on that product but you know it's it's not about how much money you manage in this business it really isn't although some of our competitors seem to think that it is um it's really about the quality can you deliver returns for your investors because if if the quality's not there the quantity will never come sure no i agree i agree now Let's focus on the Evolution product. And, and of course, uh, as you mentioned, it sort of uh, has gone through different phases and, and was relaunched recently. And, and I noticed it had a great year last year. But but take me back a little bit uh, further, because obviously uh, it is based on all the learnings and, and, you know, the successes, the failures from, you know, 20, 30 years of, of research and trading. So so take me back a little bit and talk about, you know, uh, the program And also about how you think it's it's been performing, because we all have expectations as to how it should perform in certain environments. And we know that the environment since 2009 has been, you know, somewhat different. So yes. just, just talk to me a little bit about that and, and how you really see the, uh, the program and the changes, uh, uh, whether they have actually done exactly as you, you, you were hoping. Sure. Very, very good questions. And the product is called Sunrise Evolution for a very simple reason. It, it represents the evolution of Sunrise, without a doubt. There's one thing we know for sure in this business. If you are standing still, you are falling behind. Markets have evolved so much since 1980. They, there are more participants. They move faster. There, Uh, there's more information being, being proliferated globally than ever before via internet, Twitter, and whatnot. If, you, if you're doing the same thing you were doing in 1980, you are probably out of business at this point. Sure. Um, and many so are. We, yeah, exactly. So we've, had a con we've continually evolved since our launch to try and keep up with what's going on. Not, not just keep up, but stay ahead of what's going on and, and continue to find source of alpha. So This is just the latest kind of iteration of what we've done. I mean, think about 1980. We're, we're probably, I think we were trading one model that looked at essentially one time frame. Uh, it was a fairly simple trend-following breakout approach. And it was trading perhaps a dozen mo uh, markets, whatever markets were available at the time. It worked quite well because markets at that point were fairly inefficient. There weren't a lot of, weren't a lot of uh, participants and... Um, You know, it was it was quite possible to capture quite a bit of uh, upside of of some very you know significant market moves without much interruption. Sure. Um, and so that worked at that time, but obviously things changed, and and we over time we added models, uh, we added time frames, we added techniques, and all of this allowed us to continue to be a, a viable business throughout the 80s and throughout the 90s. But in the early 2000s, something changed. And, and Rick Slaughter would be the best to speak uh, speak on this, and, but he and I have had long, long conversations about this, so I, I, I feel comfortable speaking for him to some degree. In the early 2000s, he started to see real fundamental changes that he had never seen before. He started to see evidence of decay in trend following, long-term trend following. Interesting. Um, not just our approach to it, but everyone's approach to it. Just so you understand, we, we run our models the way we think they should be run, but we also run a lot of models in the background in kind of a simulated environment that uh, you know we think are emblematic of what the industry might be doing. Sure. In other words, we want to study different approaches to trend following at all times. Yeah. 
And what we started to notice in the early 2000s was that all trend-following approaches of all stripes were starting to have problems. Why were they having problems? We weren't quite certain, but we certainly markets were correlating more than ever. We were seeing some very violent kind of events where all markets were correlating to one and then and reversing sharply together. Um, if you remember, for example, 2007, the summer of 2007 uh, and the spring of 2007 were very, very hard on a lot of trend following strategies, including sunrises. Sure. But Rick, Rick saw this happening and 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 it concluded in the early 2000s that if sunrise was going to survive long term it was going to have to break out of simply doing long term trend following it was going to have to start to become a little more uh nimble and and use some different techniques in addition to trend following what those techniques were he wasn't necessarily sure how we were going to bring those techniques together he wasn't necessarily sure but he started working on it he started drawing things up. And in fact, when I joined the firm in 2008, the first thing I did uh, was sit down with Rick and, and kind of figure out what he was doing in research and what was what was looking promising. And he showed me a couple of things. And he said, he said, Jason, this is the future of Sunrise. Let me show you this strategy. And let me show you this strategy. Sure. And it was eye popping stuff. And he said, we're not quite there in terms of having the ability to execute these, but we'll get there. And, you know, I'd like you to work with me on that. So it was this process that started, as I mentioned, way, way back and started to accelerate in the early 2000s. Um, but you're absolutely right about 2008, 2009, really starting to change things. You know, what what was the game changer in 2008, 2009? It's not clear what it is precisely, but we think government intervention is a big part of it. Sure. Um, whether it's the U.S. Fed or the or, or the Japanese government or, or the European governments, the the effort governments have made to try and control markets and reduce volatility and and honestly, you know, save the global economy, which you know I credit many bold government leaders for doing in 2008. It has changed the way markets behave yeah. uh, fundamentally, and trend following, as you know, has has pretty much fallen off a cliff in terms of performance since 08. Uh, sure. The statistics show it. And it's been hard to make money as a long-term trend follower in the last five years, no question. Luckily for us, we'd been continually working on alternative models in the 2000s. And by the early uh, year, early points in 2010, a lot of these models were coming to fruition. We had moved to a new plant. We had added a lot of technology. I brought in Chris Stanton as our our, our new uh, CIO and invest uh, execution specialist, and so by you know by the 2010, 11, 12 timeframe, we were in a position to start to uh, put prop capital in a lot of these models and get them going, and and watch them and and evolve them, and we liked what we saw so much that ultimately in uh, I would say mid 2012. Um, it became clear to us that we could bring some models together in a way that would uh, radically change the fortunes of Sunrise, we thought, for, for many years to come. And that's when we decided we are going to go forward with a much more multi-logic approach. And we launched that on, 20, uh, on January 1st, 2013, as Sunrise Evolution. We... we um, started trading that program and the first half of 2013 
began talking to all of our investors about Sunrise Evolution and telling them why we thought it was vastly superior to what they were in, which was our legacy long-term trend-following approach, which, by the way, was a, has been a wonderful investment program. Sure. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> It only had four losing years in 34. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the best track records in the the business. But it wasn't delivering what we wanted it to anymore. Um, And we were seeing the weaknesses in it. And we felt that this more evolved approach was better. And most of our investors agreed. In fact, at the end of the day, they all agreed to almost every one of them rolled over into the new program. A couple, you know, really were much more comfortable with long-term trend following and, and decided to stay just doing that but you know 99.5% of our investors said this is uh, we think we trust you guys you know what you're doing we like the studies we're seeing we think this is a better approach and they've rolled over so as of uh, middle of 2013 our official flagship was sunrise evolution and will continue to be going forward um and 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 it i don't know whether it's possible to put a percentage on it but i mean how much of the original program if we call it that would you say is still kept in evolution um, and also what's the profile of evolution in terms of what kind of targeted return and what expected volatility do you do you uh, go for sure so so the way i like to explain sunrise evolution is as just that an evolution in other words nothing we've done historically has been thrown out everything Ready to learn more about the world's top traders? Go to toptradersunplugged.com and sign up to receive the full transcripts of the first 10 episodes of the show and visit the show notes where you can find useful links to other amazing resources. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Top Traders Unplugged.